This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And today we decided to do something different for you guys. I mean, yes, there's stories to talk about, but hey, as of right now, Brandon, right now, at this point in time, we are exactly in the mid-season portion of the college football schedule. So I had the idea, talked it over to you, you said it was a great idea. Let's do our mid-season kind of preview slash predictions for this podcast, what we have seen so far. We're going to talk about our playoff teams, our Heisman, some of the award winners that we could see at the end of the year preview. And like I said, make predictions for what we're going to see in the second half of the year. And before we get into our top playoff teams, I think we have to mention teams that we were just dead wrong on. Just completely dead wrong. And one of them, I'm going to say flat out, was Michigan. Neither of us saw Michigan being in not just a top 12 team before this past loss, but none of us saw them as a top 25 team coming into the season. No, I really didn't. I, I saw them maybe winning six games and that being about it, and you chalking it up to Harbaugh saying, hey, you know, you gave it your all in year one, and you know, go back to the drawing board year two. And, and Harbaugh's definitely done much better than that. I, I think that he's really got his guys buying into his system. And, uh, you know, this this past weekend, a really tough loss in, in a game that they should have totally won. Mm-hmm. And it's going to definitely make teams around the country think, hey, if you, there's 10 seconds left on the clock, are you really punting it? Just honestly run another play at that point you're going to get more time off the clock than what happened in that game but I think that overall they're really a big surprise Michigan has been I think they're going to probably continue to play better they I said a couple of weeks back when you had said you know what I think that they could beat Michigan State and Ohio State and I had said Ray, Ricky hold on hold your horses they're going to beat the Buckeyes Here, but here's I the still thi- stand but, by but here's the thing though is that at this point now you know probably what three four weeks later down the stretch they they've showed me a lot of good things. Michigan has really showed uh, some great things. An offense that's really good, a defense that's lights out. I, I think that going forward, they really do have a good chance to to be one of the you know top teams in the Big Ten. I don't see them as being a playoff team this year, but boy, they made a nice run, and they're going to continue to probably make a nice run. And and on the other side with Ohio State, that team has so many question marks, especially on Boy. offense and at the quarterback position. Cardale Jones has not been what he was at the end of last season. And yes, people probably said, you know, he's probably not going to be. I was buying into the Cardale Jones hype. I think and, we all and that's did. exactly except for you. We all did. Well, but that's, I mean, but that's but that's what happens. You know, it does doesn't always happen no, happen the way I, you think it's going to turn out. I will say, even though I thought JT should have been the starter, even before the season, I mean, Ohio State to me, I still thought I was bold and said they were going to lose. I think it was to Michigan State or something, and I thought they Virginia Tech and Michigan State were my two losses beginning of the season, but I didn't see foresee them struggling as much as they had. I'm looking at our top 25 preseason, just some teams that we are dead wrong about. Oregon at number three, no longer ranked. USC, the seventh best team in our preseason rankings, no longer ranked. Baylor's started out six, now they're number one, number two, depending on what week we are. You'll find out later this week in our top 25 video what they are here. Auburn was number eight. Old Miss was number 11. They fell hard in the AP top 25 this past week. Arizona State no longer ranked. Other teams that we were wrong about being too low. Stanford number 20. They fell. Now they're back at number 10. And then a team like Clemson has risen. Notre Dame has fallen and risen. But the big one was LSU. 13 on our preseason top 25. Now they're a top five team. Well, how about this one? Utah. Was Utah anywhere to nope. be found on our top twenty five? Nowhere near the top twenty five, and now they're number three. Yeah, they're they're a playoff team to most people, and I mean, just getting the win this past week over Arizona State, it was. I think coming into the season, my playoff teams were. I had the TCU Baylor matchup on one side with, I want to say Baylor winning or no, I had TCU winning. Then I had. I want to say it was Georgia, where look at what Georgia has, versus Southern Cal. And I had that TCU Southern Cal with the Trojans bringing home the Natty this year. So my bracket from the preseason 
If we're playing March Madness from the preseason, it's busted. Georgia's not going to make it. The Trojans definitely aren't going to make it. TCU and Baylor still have a chance, but probably only one of them at this point is going to get in. I don't even remember. What, what was mine? I, I know I, I, I had Alabama in there. I, I want to say I, you had <clears throat> Alabama-Mississippi State on one side. I did. And then you had Ohio State and somebody else. I want to say it was like Baylor or somebody. Hmm. But yeah, look yeah. at that. Mine Mi- sucks, too. Mississippi State, they're going to be nowhere near the playoff this year. You get a redemption, though. We both get redemptions midseason. We've got to see seven weeks of the college football season. Let's. This is where we throw the preseason predictions out the window. Brandon, midseason prediction. If the season ended today, who's your playoff teams? I've got Baylor and Utah, LSU, Alabama. Two SEC teams, huh? Yeah. No Ohio State in there? No. They're, no they're, Michigan State? Ohio State, and I'll be honest with you. I I think I've said this before, but I keep putting them as the number one team because they have not lost. The minute they lose, they are taking a fall, and it's going to be a hard one. So no, no Ohio State, no Michigan State in there for me either. Clemson a team I flirted with taken, but I just think LSU too good. Uh, Alabama I think also very good. Those are those are the teams I'm going with right now, but it's midseason, you know. So this things is who, will change. This is who you think. This is you predicting how things are going to unravel. This is not you saying right now at this point. What have you done? That's how it's going to unravel. Okay. That's that's what I'm thinking. If that's how we're going to do it, this is going to be because I was going to give you if the season ended today. I'll give you though the prediction. I'm going to throw Ohio State's not going to be there because they're going to lose to Michigan. I will give you Utah. Baylor, because Baylor's going to beat TCU. Hmm. I'll give you LSU, because I think LSU and Alabama, this is how I see it playing out. LSU, Alabama play for the SEC title. Depending how that goes, winner gets in, loser goes home. That's how I see it. So I've got Baylor, Utah, LSU, Clemson. Clemson's going to win the ACC. They're going to get in. And, I mean... I wanted to pick Notre Dame, but I don't think Notre Dame's going to have enough to get back in. I wanted to pick Stanford, but I just don't see... I don't know how to gauge the Cardinal. What are you? Are you the team that lost to Northwestern? Or are you the team... Are you who we thought you were? To quote Dennis Green, are you who we thought you were at the beginning of the season? And I kind of th- looked at that for Notre Dame. I mean, you look at their game this past week against USC, their first quarter, their fourth quarter, very dominant. Look, Two and three, they the looked end, really though. bad. Um, I, I think that, you know, they <clears throat> they had a really nice lead at the beginning of that game. And they were, you know, once Torrey Hunter Jr. fumbled near the three-yard line, things went downhill really fast. And I'm still a huge fan of Notre Dame. I, I think that they're a really good football team. I just don't think that they're going to have enough to push them to the top, to the top four. Well, and I will say this, just how I said for the um, SEC, same thing is going to go for the Pac-12. The way I see it, there's either going to be two teams that take on Utah in the Pac-12 title game. It's either going to be Cal or Stanford. And it's going to come down to the Cal-Stanford game to see who is going to. And that Cal-Stanford game is last conference game of the season, November 21st, seven days before Stanford goes to play your Fighting Irish. And and the reason why I took Utah is because Utah, is, win. The, Utah win is one of those teams that they no one it. looked at at all this season. They everyone Everyone overlooked them. No one saw them being in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say no one. Someone, some people out there did, of course. But people did not see them being in the top 25. And I don't think anybody saw them being in the top five, let alone the top three. I mean, my goodness. Utah has been very good. And those types of teams, very dangerous. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of brings me back to something that uh, Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney said going into the uh, Notre Dame game where he said these rankings throw them out the window. He said, I don't even think rankings should be 
even like the first ranking shouldn't even be calculated until like week five or week six. I think he said of the season because he's like, look at a team like Utah. Did anyone think they were going to be ranked? No, but look at them. They're playing great football out there. You don't know what identity. Look at Stan. You could take that for Stanford. Week one, we're saying, ah, they're not a ranked team. They're going to be no one this year. Then conference hit. They've won every single game since that Northwestern loss, beating a team like USC on their drive. They beat USC by 10. They've beat UCLA. They've beat Arizona. Arizona was a team. Before the season, we're saying, oh, it's going to be a four-dog race for the Pac-12 South, and none of us said, neither of us said Utah. Neither of us even brought them up. We said Arizona State, Arizona, UCLA, and I think we said Cal. And now, you know, two of those teams that we were high on, Arizona State and UCLA, they're Arizona's not, even, they're not, not e- even around. They're not even in the top 25. And Arizona's like irrelevant <laughs> right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, to take my prediction one step further. So I have Baylor, Utah, LSU, Clemson. The way I see it playing out, my one through four at the end of the season, Baylor, Utah, LSU, Clemson. That means Baylor plays Clemson, Baylor wins. Utah, LSU, great game. Great game. Probably the better two of the semifinals. I think Baylor, Clemson is going to be more like Oregon versus Florida State, where that one's over by halftime with Baylor winning. Utah, LSU is more like that. Ohio State, Alabama dogfight. I don't know who I would pick in that. I want to pick LSU, and I think that's who I'm going to pick because they have Leonard Fournette, and Fournette's going to carry the tie. If the Tigers get to the title game, it's going to be because of Leonard Fournette and Baylor LSU. What we're going to be talking about going into that title game. Baylor, they can put points up on anybody. Can they score 50 or more here? Kind of like Oregon. LSU, can they stop them? Can this they can they make it a regular football game? At this point, I'm saying LSU over Baylor. LSU natty. So then right now, I'm looking at Baylor and Utah 1 and 2. LSU 3 and Alabama 4. So we've got Baylor, Alabama, Utah, LSU. In the two versus three game, I think that Leonard Fournette. Both of us is have gonna, this matchup, by the way. Both of us. I believe that Leonard Fournette is going to be able to run on Utah and get the win there. I, I, I that's what I think. Uh, sometimes I think, oh, you know, is it if ju- it's just Leonard Fournette? That's who we talk about. It's not just Leonard Fournette. LSU is showing that they've got other stuff. Mm-hmm. But if Leonard Fournette were ever to be shut down, LSU's got some problems. And personally, that's my thought. But hopefully it will not be. But LSU plays Utah. LSU gets the win. And then Baylor and Alabama. That'd be a game. And boy, oh boy, I love my Crimson Tide. But Baylor just puts up too many points. And at the end of the day, I would see Baylor taking on LSU, and again, Baylor just puts up too many points. Baylor winning the national championship. See, here's my thing about Baylor this year, and I know this is going to contradict them being my prediction, my midseason prediction for the number one team when the season's all and over with. But, I mean, last year, Baylor, a team, they score all sorts of dominating points on teams then you lose to West Virginia I know this year they beat West Virginia so you're probably sitting there going well Ricky this isn't last year's Baylor then they don't have enough to get into the playoff because of oh they're a one loss team and TCU's a one loss team and how can they get in Baylor's gonna go undefeated this year let's just get that straight because the Big 12 this year, there's only two th- two teams in the preseason we thought would stand in their way. Oklahoma and TCU. I am sorry, TCU is not the TCU I thought they were at the beginning of the season. They've had too many close games, too many games they should have lost, a la Kansas State, 
a la, of course, Texas Tech you got to throw in there. You could maybe throw in the Minnesota because that was a closer game. Another thing that even though they won this game convincingly in the end, I have a problem when you're playing Iowa State, a team that is two and four and one and two in the conference. And I checked it out, and this wasn't me checking out when it was live. This was me kind of, okay, it's on replay. Let me check this out. I have a problem when you're, I know it was only the first quarter, but you're down 21 to 14 at the end of one to Iowa State. I have a problem with that. When you're supposed to be this holier-than-thou playoff team, I think it's going to come and bite TCU in the butt one day, and that's going to be the Baylor game. With Oklahoma, if Texas could beat Oklahoma, Baylor can beat Oklahoma. That's the way I see it. Well, here's what I'm looking at. And <clears throat> one thing, again, and I, and, I, and I know this, even though making my pick, I know who I went with. I went with, I went with Baylor. But my thing, and, and Ricky has said this each week, Baylor should be number one. Why is Ohio State number one? Well, Ricky, Ohio State won the national championship last year, and they have not lost this year. Well, that's stupid. But Baylor puts up a ton of points. But Baylor has not played anybody. Baylor has not played anybody. So when yeah, Baylor, you could say whoa, the same whoa, thing whoa, for whoa, Ohio State, whoa, in, whoa. in a sense, you in could a say sense, the same thing. but it doesn't matter. I mean, I Baylor rather, didn't win the national championship last how, year, so there you go. Yeah, but I rather. I'd rather blow out a team and score 50-plus points than have to come from behind against Indiana, who has yet to win a conference game this year. They still won. Have to come from still behind the game. against Northern Iowa that is a MAC opponent. I know they still won the game, but and, and this week it's a little bit different. Go check out our top 25 for that. Ohio State finally got enough to maybe be number one. However, I think this is this is going to be an argument. This is a prediction for the rest of the season. This is going to be an argument that is just going to get more and more fire as the year goes on. Who's the true number one, Ohio State or Baylor? Well, I'm telling you, Ohio State's not going to be the number one when they lose. No, I know. They're not going to be, and they're going to lose. So what I'm telling you is that Baylor right now is not the number one because Ohio State continues to win, and they won the national championship last year. There's no reason why they shouldn't be the number one still. But here's the thing. Baylor, again, they could put up 100 points on the university of no one gives a shit. And they're, obviously you should be putting up 100 points. They're not a good team on the other side. So that's the problem. If they weren't putting up those points, they're not as high as they are right now. They're mm-hmm. just not. So there, there's your argument. And there's, I mean, there's your points, your argument, everything, all and in a big is, bundle. And this is what I love about where we're at right now. Because think about it. Two years ago... We're having this debate, but a computer is spitting out who the number one, who the number two teams are. In about, I want to say it's in a week or two, we get our first official playoff rankings, and we're going to be doing the same thing. I love this playoff talk because, I mean, now you can have, we can have this discussion of, yes, okay, Ohio State won, however, you got to look at these games. The close ones that they should have beat, uh, Northern Illinois, a MAC opponent. I know Baylor's not playing the—they're playing chop liver, but they, they're not playing MAC opponents, and they're blowing people out. How's that put into it? And it's just everything coming together. I love it. I love that we can actually have this conversation, and it actually matters. What I'm saying is I know I agree with you. Ohio State is going to lose. It is going to happen. Last regular season game of the year to Michigan, to Jim Harbaugh, that's when it's going to happen. Michigan State is probably going to lose to Ohio State. But I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to throw out a scenario. Crazy. You know what? The scenario doesn't matter. Let's just say Baylor loses one game to either. You know what? I will say it this way. Baylor loses to Texas last week of their regular season. Not debating whether or not that'll happen. Just the scenario is that happens. Baylor loses last week of the regular season. 
Give me one team, and this could be a team that plays because that same week is going to be all our conference title games. Give me one team that's able to sneak into the playoff if Baylor loses one game, let's say, to Texas. Well, then it's Clemson. You think Clemson sneaks in? I could see it. So in your situation, Clemson wins the ACC, they sneak in? Yeah, I could see that. I don't think Baylor loses, but... I'm just saying if they did, because that's one thing that you could... I mean, last year we didn't think Baylor was going to lose, and they lost to West Virginia. Yeah, Clemson's up there. See, mine is... Mine's and now remember, difficult. folks, Ricky already had Clemson being in yes. his top four. Well, to review, if, in case you forgot, my playoff was in just no order, just them out there. Baylor, Clemson, um, LSU, and ooh, I even forgot Utah. That was my Utah, Baylor, LSU, Clemson. So Clemson's already in mine. Here's what's going through my head at this point. First off, the first thing I think of, if TCU only lost one game and it's to Baylor, how close was that game? That's what I'm looking at, and that's the first thing I take into consideration. The second thing I look at is the SEC title game, which I think is going to be Alabama-LSU. How close is that game? Let's say it's a touchdown game. Okay, Alabama, you push TCU out. Right now, Alabama's my team to get in for that fifth spot. The last thing I look at is the Big Ten. And the way I see it, here's how I see everything folding out. Ohio State is going to beat Michigan State, but lose to Michigan. So the way that works, all three of those teams, I see it at the end of the year, all three of those teams are going to be one loss in the conference. And I don't know off the top of my head the tiebreaker for the Big Ten. I'll have to look it up when I let you speak. But it would be Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Any of those teams against, and this is me just predicting who's going to be in that game, who's going to win the Big Ten West, Iowa. The way I see it, if Michigan or Ohio State is one of those teams that get in and Iowa wins, Iowa could be a team that sneaks in, but my safe bet would be Alabama. However, there's a chance with me that if Iowa wins the Big Ten, Baylor loses, LSU beats Alabama convincingly enough, Iowa can sneak in. Well, that takes us to kind of another subject. How good is Iowa? Are they a pretender or are they a contender? Here's the thing with Iowa, and I love that you asked me this question, because if there's any conference in all of football— that I associate myself with. It's the Big Ten. I love Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten guy. And to me, Iowa just won their toughest game. They won their two toughest games of the year. Number 19, Wisconsin. Number 20, Northwestern. Here are their remaining games. Maryland, who right now, Maryland is a 2-4 and four team. 0-2 in conference. Indiana, 4-3, and three, but haven't won a Big Ten game at 0-3. Then you have Minnesota, who right now is 1-2 and, and two in the conference, 4-3 and three overall. Purdue, haven't won in conference at 0-3. They're 1-6 overall. And Nebraska, 2-1 and one in the Big Ten, 3-4 overall. They had the the pit, the golden brick road all the way to the wizard is lit up for them. And it and it helps because their colors are one of them is yellow, but the yellow brick road is all winding and lit up for them. The Oompa Loompas are just leading the way down there. They just gotta win the games. So if they win out. There's a good chance they're playing a Michigan State, Ohio State, or Michigan team. And if they beat one of those teams in Indy, I mean, Baylor would have to lose. But if that happened, they could sneak in. Yeah, I don't <clears throat> I don't know about Iowa being able to beat one of those teams. But uh, it's an interesting scenario. I, I just don't. I think that with what you said for the rest of the season for Iowa, the Hawkeyes have themselves 
They've, they've got it pretty easy mm-hmm. for the most part. But um, I think that those teams you, you named there outside of Ohio State, because I think that Iowa would give Ohio State a pretty good run, but Michigan State and Michigan, I think it would be pretty hard for, uh, for Iowa to get past, especially Michigan. Okay, so I found the Big Ten divisional tiebreakers. If two teams are tied, the winner of the game, obviously the winner of the game between the two teams wins. So if Ohio State, Michigan State are tied, whoever won that game would be in. However, if three or more teams are tied, steps one through seven will be followed until a winner is crowned. And number one is record of the three. The record of the three tied teams will be compared against each other. So as of right now, that bumps Michigan out because Michigan would have a two-loss schedule whereas Michigan State and Ohio State would only have one. This is only if Ohio State beat Michigan State or Michigan State beat Ohio State and or yeah, Ohio State beats Michigan State, Ohio State loses to Michigan. Michigan has two losses overall. Michigan State Ohio State both have one. So that pushes Michigan out of the way. Therefore, I would believe two teams would be left. Michigan State would go on because they beat Ohio State. Um, I don't know about vice the- versa. <clears throat> vice versa. Ohio State would have beaten Michigan State. So Ohio State goes back. We have Iowa OSU. I don't. I don't think that Michigan will lose to Ohio State. No, I'm saying is I know, but but you're saying in your scenario, if Michigan lost to Ohio State, I don't think that happens. No, I'm saying Michigan State Michigan State loses to Ohio State. But you said Michigan does. Michigan beats them. That's how we get the tie. Michigan, the Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh beats Urban Meyer. Michigan State go green. They lose to Ohio State. That's how we get this one loss tie in the conference. The first step is then we have to look at the overall records. Michigan would have two overall losses. Ohio State and Michigan State would both have one. Michigan is automatically taken out of contention for the Big Ten East. Then I would say it would go to, okay, we're down to two then. Well, Michigan State, they lost to Ohio State, so Ohio State would win the tiebreaker over them after Michigan gets pushed out. Ohio State would go in. So we'd have Buckeyes, Hawkeyes in Indy. Too too many crazy scenarios I to, love try, those, to try and I work out there. I love when that happens, though. And you want to know something funny? If Michigan State—well, I don't think this will happen because I think they play each other. Yeah, they play Michigan and Michigan State. However, Penn State only has one loss in conference, too. However, they're like I said, they're going to play Michigan and Michigan State, so there's no way we're going to get four teams Penn in the East. State. All, one, Penn State one is loss. not good. Oh, Penn, they're not. Penn they're State team. is not good. Look at Christian Hackenberg. We thought he was going to be a top pick. Well, he still could be, but a top pick in the NFL draft. Did I think that? I know I did. I, he has not been impressive at all this year. He's I been say much ha- less than impressive. I want to say I had him pretty high in my... Way too early mock draft. And I'm going to look up exactly where I had him. But I actually had Hackenberg at seventh overall to the Redskins. Third quarterback off the board. Seventh overall pick in the draft? Mm -hmm. To the Redskins. I had Connor Cook at six to the Browns. And I had Cardell Jones number four to the Jets. But hey, looks like... Connor Cook would go before Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, that's what I do. I have Cook going one pick before Hackenberg, Cardell Jones going two picks before them. Hey, even my number one pick, team and college player, the Raiders, who, hey, they're not going to win just one game this year. But Joey Bo, do you still think Joey Bosa is the for sure number one pick in the draft? Not at all. Because coming into this season, everyone was like, oh, I know he's not playing week one, but Joey Bosa, boom, number one pick. There's your defensive end. Not at all. Who's going to be your number? Who's going to be the team that's going for the, the number one pick? That's well, the thing. I mean, if it's not a. He's not going to be the number one pick in the draft. The team right doesn't now, need him. As of right now, it'd be the Lions. <clears throat> it would be the Lions taking the number one pick 
in the draft. Then yes, I could see it there. But I but it all depends on the team. You can't just say this guy's going to be a number 1 draft pick if the team who's drafting doesn't need him. I'm saying everyone was saying he is the he was the projected he was one of those players before the season that everyone's saying was, you know what? Doesn't matter if like you're a team that needs quarterback. He's a guy you can't pass up at number one. You take him just kind of like how the Texans took Jadavion Clowney. And he's working out really well. They need, hey, it's not the worst. <laughs> it's not the worst. <laughs> it's not Jamarcus Russell. You're right. But Jadavion Clowney has not been healthy for most of his mm-hmm. career so far in a couple of years that he's been there. And an interesting player that I can't wait to see, and this is more NFL draft prediction, but a guy I had going 12th overall to the Houston Texans, outside linebacker, a guy who's also played a little bit of running back from UCLA, Miles Jack. The same Miles Jack who just got injured and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the draft. I'm getting ready for the combine. And we had the whole Jim Mora uh, comments about the NFL draft and, oh, you know what, I Miles Jack is not coming back to school. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Healthy, I had him 12th overall. But yet again, this was, when did I post this? September 15th was when I came out with that draft. So just a little over a month ago? A little bit over a month ago. See, <laughs> see, how, see how much things change? Yeah, that's why. Month? That's why probably what's going to happen is that the four <laughs> picks that we just had to be our playoff team are not going to happen. Not one of them. That, Michigan, that, that's that's what will happen. Watch, Michigan will get in there. You'll have teams like um, Florida State will get in there. Iowa will be a playoff team. Florida will come back in. That's what's going to happen now. That especially, I will throw this out. If I am LSU, I'm terrified right now. Because you just got the Ricky Widmer kiss of death. Just this season, and this has been documented before, look at my two football predictions for champions. The Trojans, how are they working out? Not well. The Dallas Cowboys were my Super Bowl pick. How are they working out? Not well. Last year, the Bears were my Super Bowl pick. How did they work out? Not well. The Ricky Widmer kiss of death has just been upon LSU. Let's see if they can break it. The Ricky, like, it's not even funny. Like, USC, oh, they're going to win the championship. Terrible season. They fire their head coach. Sark is gone. Why did you have the Bears as your Super Bowl I thought they were going to, or it must have been two years ago. It was like last year or two years ago, I thought the Bears were just going to pick it up. Pick it up and go. And they didn't. No, they were consistently bad. No, they were very consistently bad. Very bad. And I remember that was the same year. It must have been like two years ago then, but Dave picked them too. Dave picked them too. And it was just wild. That that was wild, man. That's a wild pick, man. But yeah, just the Ricky Widmer kisses death. So I'm going to be watching LSU now because I just picked them to win it all. But who's your Heisman at the end of the year? I think we're going to say the same guy, though, right? Well, for me, mine's pretty easy. You look at your kiss of death, and all you got to say is Leonard Fournette. Yeah, it's Leonard Fournette. I yeah. mean, right now, here's here's the thing I want to ask you, though. Okay. And this kind of goes into a topic that some have been talking about. You're Leonard Fournette. You win the Heisman this year. Do you come back? For a junior year? Or do you say, hey, I don't want to risk an injury. I need to stay healthy for the pros. I'm sitting out a year and then going to the draft. You know, I don't, I just don't, I don't like the sitting out. I don't either. I, I However, don't like it. I don't like it, but at the same time, been, when, you that inju- that when, you the injury, when you risk the injury, when you risk the injury, uh, you know, that could possibly be worse. If you but take a football. whole year. It's football. There's always going to be the risk of injury, even if you get to I the know. NFL. Well, I know, but if you get to the NFL, the guys think, hey, you got your money. You got paid before you got here. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not all about the money, but you need to be able to make some money. So I, I, I that's a really tough question for me. I just, I don't know what I, what I, 
how I feel about taking the year off because yeah, you can still be working out and, and mm-hmm. staying in shape and stuff, but it's not you're not in football mode. You're not in football real time action well, and stuff. That, it, that's that's it my could only be thing. Like, I love what Jadavion Clowney did because he was, air quotes, hurt that last year. He was hurt for South Carolina. Could Fournette do a similar thing? He'd be hurt for a junior year. Why would he want to? Why would Stay he want healthy. to? Stay healthy to go to the NFL. But you're going you're gonna to say that you were hurt? Come on, don't do that. Don't pussy out. Hey, I'm don't just do saying that. it could happen. Give me one. Since we both said Fournette, I will give you mine first. Dark horse to possibly win the Heisman if Fournette doesn't. I'm going to say Dalvin Cook out of Florida State, the running back. He's been a guy that has been a pleasant surprise. To me, he's the reason why that Seminole team is still undefeated. Because we all know without Jameis Winston, we all thought that maybe it's just me. Florida State wasn't going to be as dominant as they were, and they haven't been. But I didn't expect them to be undefeated. I expect them to lose one game this year without him. You want a dark, 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 dark horse? Give me it. CJ Procise. Oh, that would be, that would be, that's that's favoritism out of Brandon Swanson. But that would be dark. That would be a huge one. I'm looking at the top five right now. Fournette, Boykin, Elliott, Cook, Booker. Booker's from, he's the wide receiver from Utah. Because I see you're making that face. But do you think Procise... Real is it realistic or is that just shot in the dark? I mean, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. But you look at it; he, he's he's not your starting running back coming into the season. That's starting running back gets hurt. You come in, you played very well in the games that you've played in. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's grasping at some straws a little bit. But uh, CJ Procise has been pretty darn good for Notre Dame. If Notre Dame wins the playoff, I can say or gets to the playoff, I can see that happening. Or or could Kaiser maybe win it? Or Kaiser's been too inconsistent since he's come in. I mean, he's done the job. He, he's been, I, I think he's but been he pretty good. He's played Heisman. pretty well, but he's not Heisman-esque. Yeah, he hasn't no. looked Heisman-esque, and that's what I'm saying. And the, one of the last things we're going to do to kind of close up shop is we got a few more awards that we have to give preseason predictions for. We already gave the Heisman one, Brandon. Home Depot Award. Who's your coach of the year at the end of the year? My coach of the year at the end Please of the year. Please don't pick the same one that I'm going to say. Coach of the year um, at the end of the year for me, I, I, I've i got a coach 1A and 1B. <laughs> who are they? How's that? So at 1A, I've got Kevin Sumlin. Okay, not who from, I was From thinking. Texas A&M. I mean, I think he's done a really good mm-hmm. job after going 8-5 and five last year. He's 5-1 and one right now. You lose to Alabama, a team that's just better. Uh, but I think that uh, Texas A&M has, has done well this year. They've looked good. They they, they kind of look back to the Johnny, Johnny Manziel. Manziel days. They do. You mean the Johnny Football days? Because that was when he was Johnny Football. And and those were those were really good days oh, for them. great days. But uh, 1B would be head coach over at Utah. Oh, not even the one I was thinking. I almost wanted to say... Whittingham at Utah. However, I got to say it, especially if what I said earlier comes true and there's that tie in the Big Ten, that three-way tie, how do you not give the Home Depot Award to Jim Harbaugh? Coming in straight out of the pros, coming from a, well, now dysfunctional 49er team. It was still functional when he was there. He was the glue. Comes into a... Michigan team that everyone's like, oh, it's going to take him a year to get everything going because, you know, Brady Hoke fucked things up. Jim Harbaugh comes in and he's the instant fix. He's just come to Stanford, boom, we win. Come to Michigan, boom, we win. All I do is win. I'm Charlie Sheen. That's what Jim Harbaugh should say. He has done well. I he's got s- tiger blood. I could definitely see him as being the pick. But how how do you not give it to Jim Harbaugh? That's How, how do you not do it? How about the... Uh, Walker Award. Who's your national running back at the end of the year? Is it for? Is it still Fournette? Fournette because he wins the Heisman, or could a guy like Davin Cook, da- uh, Delvin Cook win it with Fournette taking the Heisman? Uh, for for me, it, it would be Fournette. It would have been really tough if uh, you know. Unfortunately, and I hope he's doing well. Nick Chubb was still playing. Oh. It, it would have been. It would have been really What's close. With, 
What's but Leonard with Georgia running backs and injuries of late? I, I know like, it's tough. Is it just every year we're just going to predict their running back to go down with a serious injury? I sure hope not. I hope not, but it seems like, I mean, happened to Todd Gurley last year. Now you got Nick Chubb. I'm not going to predict that for the Georgia team. It just seems like, wow, that's kind of a... It's a coincidence right now, and I hope that It's a shame is what it is. It's it, a shame. It kills their CA. They were a playoff team. Yeah, they were. In they're my book, and I, not thought they were, I thought they were going to beat Alabama in the SEC title game. How about O'Brien National Quarterback Award? Who's your best quarterback at the end of the year? Oh. Best quarterback the end of the year. You want me to give mine yeah, first? Yeah, who's yours? Travis Wilson, Utah. <clears throat> If Utah makes the playoffs, he's going to be the reason why, and he's going to win the quarterback. Guys I can see winning it instead of him, though, the obvious pick is Trevon Boykin. However, one that I'm going to throw out there that could be a real dark horse, Western Kentucky quarterback Brandon Dautry. And where's Western Kentucky, uh, Ricky, on your on your top 25? 25th. Yeah. No, 24th. 24th. We had UCLA at 25 because they didn't play. Brandon Brandon's kind of salty with that one because uh, his Pitt Panthers that he had at 25 didn't get in because they had a meager one vote because I didn't have him on the top 25. Who's your quarterback, though? National uh, quarterback. Berkovici, Arizona State? No, I'm looking over at uh, Baylor. Seth Russell. Seth Russell, yeah, I mean he's been good. I, I think, that, and that's why he's they're putting up guy. all the points. He's another guy where it's like, oh, how's Baylor going to do with Seth Russell now? Well, guess what? Seth Russell's been the answer. I feel like you can't go wrong though with either Boykin Russell or Wilson this year. How about the Bolitnikov Award receiver for that? For me, for <sighs> uh, you know, you're gonna. Get mad at me again. You want to go with Corey Coleman. You want to go with the Baylor wide receiver, don't you? No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Will Fuller. Not I'm going to go Will Eight Fuller. Touchdowns. He's had a really, really nice season. <sighs> to me, I'm kind of thinking... I'm kind of thinking I have to go with... I'm going to give you three, but then I'm going to pick my winner. Corey Coleman... Josh Doxson or Juju Smith? Juju Smith, you may be sitting there going, well, Ricky, USC hasn't been doing that great. Yeah, he's got 758 yards and seven touchdowns, but USC hasn't been doing that great. Yeah, but he's one hell of a wide receiver. Does he win it? No. I feel like this year you picked Seth Russell for the quarterback award for the O'Brien. I'm going with Corey Coleman. I mean, 877 yards right now. Already 16 touchdowns at this point. He's going to be the he's going to be Stedman Bailey like coming into the NFL draft, and we've got two more left. Give me your defensive player of the year. Uh, I don't care. I only care about offense. You're not going to give me any defensive player. I don't know any. You have no defensive player. See, a guy that we all thought coming in was Scooby Wright, coming from. Arizona, I'm going to give you a dark horse, though. And you don't have to give me one. I'll just give you this dark horse and let you sit with it. It'll probably be a guy like Miles Garrett, the D lineman from Texas A&M. You know, the one during that Arizona State game we were watching at the beginning of the season, getting all those sacks on Berkovici. Sure. Uh, uh, Ricky, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care about defense. However, I, 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 I know that it's important, <laughs> but, but individual defensive guys don't care. I'm going to throw out Desmond King, though. Six INTs. He's a defensive back from Iowa. If he leads the league in interceptions, right now he's one behind Sean Lurie of NIU, who has seven. But if he leads the league in interceptions and Iowa wins the Big Ten, could be your defensive player of the year. God bless him. And my last one, and this is me kind of throwing my own award out there. This is the MVP award for Most Valuable Podcast. Who's your breakout player this year? At the end of the year, who's the guy? Man, this guy really broke out this season. Well, Ricky, for me, it's going to have to be Derrick Henry, Alabama. Interesting choice. I didn't even think about him. When I'm going through, okay, who could be a breakout player? 
I, I didn't even think about him. But and this is one thing you're probably sitting there at home going, but Brandon, he didn't really have a breakout season. I mean, come on, he wasn't no Leonard Fournette, but Henry's been doing good things. He's probably one of the big reasons why Alabama's being talked about right now as one of the best one-loss teams in the country, or well, the best one-loss team. Well, how about this? This is junior season. Last year, he played in 14 games, started two, had 990 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 172 carries. This year, seven games, seven games started, 901 yards, 12 touchdowns, 152 attempts. That's breakout for me when you're pretty much at what you got last year in the middle of the season. I'm going to throw something out here. This is me kind of tooting my own horn, but Derrick Henry, when I did my first, uh, it's not official mock draft, but my way too early mock draft before the college season was, guess where I had Derrick Henry going in the first round? Give me a pick. What do you think? Where'd you, in the in the, the NFL draft this year, where where what pick like number in pick. the first round? First round because I only did one round. I'll, you, gi- I'll give you a hint. It was a playoff team, so and you had him going. You had him going. Let's see, twenty seven. Wow, you are good. Do you know a team? Could you give me a team? I'll give you a hint. It's a team that's not going to be twenty seventh because they're probably going to be top ten. AFC team. Of the East variety. They fired their head coach. Oh, Miami. Had him going to the Dolphins. And you want to know what I... And this is what I wrote a month ago. You ready for this? After I asked if Lamar Miller is the the running back for Miami, I put, and I quote, plus there's a certain kind of success that comes from Bama backs, unless you're Trent Richardson. Henry is a tough runner who could be a... Roll Tide staple in the NFL with Ingram and Lacey. He's proven it. Well, you know, um, Derrick Henry, the way that he runs and the style that he's got, I think he actually might be nah, he might be bigger than this running back, but he runs, I think, a lot like Chris Ivory. Like, just get out of my way or I'm going to run you over. That's how he runs. That's how Chris Ivory runs. Chris Ivory doesn't look like a big dude. He acts like a big dude. You said that you think Ivory's bigger than him? No, I think Henry might be bigger than Ivory. Let's see. I'm going to look up the sizes here to see if... Well, right now, Derrick Henry, 6'3", 242. Ivory's 6'2", 222. So so, so Henry's right, yeah. Yeah, Henry's a bigger back. But hey, you're right. Ivory runs with that same I mean, he's just a bruiser. Just a bruiser. How about you, huh? I want okay. I I'll be honest. The first one I had, Leonard Fournette, because honestly, he wasn't even on my radar as a guy who could have a big season running the football. Because I mean, if you looked before the year even started, he's a sophomore running back who, yeah, last year he rushed for over a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, but. He didn't jump off the page because I feel like we were distracted by so many other things. There were so many bright lights in the pre- like in the preseason that it kind of put a shadow over LSU. And I'm you look back at his last last year's numbers: 143 against Notre Dame in their bowl game, 146 at Texas A&M, 113 Old Miss, 140 at Florida. 122 against New Mexico State. But I think the the thing that's put him apart this year is he's constantly having those games. It wasn't like 18 against Wisconsin to start the season, 92, 52, 38. Boom, there's a 100-yard game. It was first game got canceled. First game of the year, Mississippi State, oh, 159 yards, three touchdowns. Then 228, three touchdowns. Then 244 and two, 233 and three, 158 and one. That was an off day for him. Then 180 and two. He's just been shot out of a cannon this year. However, the one I am going to go with because I didn't want to be that guy. I got to go with Wilson from Utah. 
And the reason being is not only did none of us see Utah being as good as they are right now, it's all because of Travis Wilson. This is a guy last year who did throw for over 2,000 yards and had 18 touchdowns to five interceptions. But Utah wasn't on the national map. This year, because they're on the national map and they're probably going to be a playoff team, to me, they're going to be a playoff team at the end of the year. He's gonna he'd be the breakout player. He's gotta be. There's no no ifs, stands, or buts about it. Is there anything you want to mention before we wrap up shop this week? I just want to mention that I do love defense, and defense does win <laughs> championships. I just You don't like individual players. No, indivi- individual players that so, done, done done matter. So so for shits and giggles, you don't join like one random fantasy league where they actually make you draft some individual defensive players? I've actually gone protesting against those leagues. I did that year once on accident. Hated it. Yeah. Absolutely hated it. Why do I care if I just grabbed like Madamican Sue? You because don't. Oh, he's a jackass. This was when he was with the Lions. Oh, he he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He, he could be with the with the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> you know, playing baseball. He is a jackass. Can't stand him. I know one thing we forgot. We forgot the secret. Our pick. secret pick. Yeah, I have mine all ready for you. Go ahead, give it to me. K State at Texas. Ooh, I I thought about giving this one to you. I'm gonna be bold here i'm gonna pick texas all right i'm going to be super bold and pick the longhorns just because like i want them to do so well yeah hook them horns hook them horns brandon i want them to do so well i almost gave that one to you now i gotta really think um hmm what game do i there's i almost gave you the one that i'm not going to but i almost gave you the 6-0 and Houston versus 0-7 Central Florida. <laughs> Can Central Florida get their first win, Brandon? Is that going to happen this week? Um, I will go with pick a number one or two. Two. Colorado, Oregon State. Three and four Colorado, winless in the Pac-12. Versus two and four Oregon State, winless in the Pac-12. Who gets their first conference win? I'm going Oregon State. At home? I'm going Oregon, Oregon State, State at, home. at home. Yep. I almost gave you the Western Kentucky LSU game for shits and giggles. If I would have went with Kansas State, I would have gave you that game. But in my head, I thought, you know what? I may be wrong about the Longhorns. <laughs> so I got to give him a game where he may be wrong so that I don't lose a game. But now that we're done with everything, because we remembered our secret pick, thank you guys for listening to this podcast today, this evening, this morning, whenever you're listening to it. You can go ahead, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon's at Young underscore Swan 19. Right? Right? Brandon gives me the nod. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Go ahead. If you're on YouTube, hit that like, subscribe button. Really helps us out. Keeps you up to date with everything we're doing here at Most Valuable Podcast. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit follow, hit repost, then go over to YouTube, hit like and subscribe so that you get our videos as well. Thank you guys. As always, I can't say it enough for checking out this podcast. We really do appreciate it. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.